Hey everyone, happy uh, COVID-19 quarantine. Yes, uh, we're all getting tired of this, but um, it is what it is. So, you know, welcome back. I uh, know I left off after I read the Mother's Day letter. Um, and now I am actually going to move on to what happened between like that time and the separation um, until he was finally arrested after assaulting me because he wasn't arrested immediately. Um, the domestic violence investigator who's on my case, he actually, you know, built the case, um, collected a lot of evidence, talked to, you know, witnesses, um, potential witnesses, other people who knew him, his ex-wives. Um, so the arrest wasn't immediately. It actually happened about a month. I'm going to say a month after the um, actual incident happened. So during that month, <clears throat> excuse me, after the restraining order was filed, you know, um, he wouldn't, he wouldn't meet with my sister because eventually he had found out that I had filed a restraining order. And so he was avoiding being served. I wasn't going to go back to the house until he was served because I didn't feel safe. And so at that point, you know, after I had left the house, early that morning after the assault and took my son, you know, we went and stayed at my sister's house. And during that time, you know, like I'd said in a previous episode that my family law attorney had advised me to go down to uh, the police station and file a police report. Um, she actually told me I had to. Um, she was very helpful. She was there with me through the whole process. And um, so during that whole time, he had his little spy that basically told him that there was a restraining order out on him. <clears throat> so he knew that's what was happening. So he tried to negotiate him being served. Uh, so basically, he said he wanted the weekend until he was served. Well, me knowing him, there was an ulterior motive to that. Um, these narcissists, these sociopaths, they always have a motive. They're just too busy trying to manipulate and see what they can get out of somebody. That's all they want is just to get something out of you. Their relationship with you is never genuine. There's always an ulterior motive. There's always something that they can get out of the relationship, whether it's financial gain or um, emotional gain, whatever. These people are complete parasites. Um, and you're their host. They just basically suck the life out of you emotionally, mentally, physically, and financially. They just suck it out of you. It's exhausting. But um, 
So I just said, you know what? He's trying to negotiate with my sister because my sister was going to serve him and he just wanted the weekend. And I said, no, there's something not right. And I just know there's something not right. I know this guy too well. So at that point, I ended up calling my attorney and she advised me to hire a private investigator to have him served. So at that point, I did call one of my private investigators who actually uh, done some work for me before through my business um, when I had some defendants who failed to appear in court. So he, he and I had a relationship as far as a business um, relationship. So he knew a little bit of my situation. So he did me the favor and he went to my house the next day and sure enough, he calls me and tells me your ex-husband is here. He's here at the house. He has his truck backed into the driveway and he's loading it up. So it was him and his friend, um, anyways, Howard, we'll just call him Howard. He knows who he is. And they were loading up his truck with furniture, TVs, computers, everything, like anything valuable he was filling up his truck. So ultimately, he was going to wipe me out. And there's no doubt in my mind. He was going to clear the entire house out. That's why he wanted the weekend. He said he wanted the weekend to take his personal belongings. Because in the restraining order, it just says, you know, take your personal belongings, take some clothes, toiletries, things of that nature. It doesn't say wipe out the house, take TVs, basically rip TVs off the wall and leave holes in the wall and take furniture and take computers. And and it's like, he was like looting our house, like a freaking loser. He was looting the house. Do you think he took one picture of our son? No. He took alcohol. He wiped out the alcohol cabinet, the liquor cabinet. He wiped that out. Really? Let's, um, let's take all the alcohol, all the liquor, but leave all my son's pictures. Just psychopath. So, um, yeah, he wipes out the liquor cabinet. Um, literally rips TVs off the wall because when I came in, there was a big hole in the wall where one of our TVs was and it wasn't even like it was nicely taken off. Like they, it was just half-assed, let's get it out as fast as possible. And it was just disgusting. And at this point, you know, at the... At this point, I'm like, okay, take whatever you want. Just leave my Keurig. Because at that time, I was in love with my Keurig to make my green tea. (laughs) That's all I want. Anyways, just kidding. But got to have some kind of humor through this because it was, 
I was totally flabbergasted. Like I, I just was beyond words of, of how animalistic this man had become. It was like, I didn't even know who the hell he was. Um, funny. I never knew who he was, but at that point, once the investigator called me, told me what was going on, the PI, he's like, I'm, you know, would you like me to serve him now? I said, yes, absolutely. 100% without a doubt. And he did. He told me, you know, as they were loading up the truck, he went up to him and said, you know what? Here you go. You've been served and you need to leave the premises now. And he basically told me that my ex-husband was a total asshole. Just kind of snubbed him and continued loading up his truck. So the investigator like got his phone out and he said, look, at this point, you're violating the restraining order and you will be arrested if you don't leave the premises now. So he ignored him the whole time. And at that point, as soon as he was done loading up his truck, him and his friend Howard left. And at that point, they didn't come back because he knew he couldn't. And that's when the um, PI called me and said, it's been done. He's been served. You know, I'm going to call the sheriff's department, have him come out here so you can come out here and feel safe and they'll go through the house with you. So at that point, that's what I did. I met the sheriffs at my house. First time I'd been back at my house in a week. I left my son with his aunt, with my sister. Because I wanted to make sure it was safe. I wanted to make sure everything, you know, there wasn't anything to worry about in the home. And so the two sheriff's deputies, they walked through the home with me. You know, we went through room to room. They looked at all the pictures and the whole house and they were just like, wow, like this guy had it good, didn't he? I'm like, well, yeah, I guess, but he didn't think so. And they're like, what a clown. Like, this guy's ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> they were really just helpful and nice. They they made sure everything was clear. There was no one in the home. You know, they just made sure it was safe. And they waited, like, while I called, you know, the alarm system. And I tried uh, changing the code and just making sure that I would be safe and that he wouldn't be back. So they um, told me that they would do, you know, they would do some drive-bys nightly, a couple um, times a night, every night. They would do drive-bys through my street, make sure I was okay. Um, And I even had uh, some of the deputies that I know through my business too. I had numbers in case there was an emergency or anything happened, I could reach out. So um, at that point I felt safe enough. So then I went and got my son and we came back to the house and tried to, I tried to regain some kind of normalcy for him and stability because at that point it's, it's not about me. It's about my son and his well-being his emotional and mental well-being and just to make sure that he felt safe and and had some kind of stability. So, you know, during that whole time, you know, it was tough. There was no contact, no communication. 
Um, I know he had his flying monkeys and his spies checking on me and reporting and giving him information. Um, And then at that point, he just became very insane. Started posting craziness on social media, which I did tell you guys on an episode about his truck and his precious truck because I stopped making payments on it and they wanted to repo it and how he went out and got another truck and then basically took all the custom stuff off the truck that I had originally bought him and put it on his new truck. It just (laughs) could it get any more ghetto, any more gypsy, a freaking Hungarian gypsy beggar is what he was. But I didn't know that at the time. So it was just, it just got worse and worse. And like the true colors just started coming out. And it was, I couldn't even believe I was ever married to this individual. Um, You know, he went and changed his uh, social media name to Lewis Cipher, which is actually Lucifer, which he is. Um, so that fits, but it's just, it shows you guys the mental instability in this person. That's total mental illness. Um, it's, uh, basically you do not want to get on the bad side of a sociopathic narcissist because they just, they will try and try to ruin you. Um, you know, the slander campaign, the lies, everything, play the victim role. But this guy was no victim. He was literally sick. And he was not even an amateur at this. He was a novice because he's done this many, many times and to many, many women um, and kids and children. Um, They have no regard, no regard for anyone but themselves. So, you know, during this whole time that we are separated and the detectives are investigating the case, investigating him. So basically, you know, I'm at home with my son. He's out running amok. He's taking out money out of the bank account left and right daily. Um, So I start bouncing checks. So, you know electricity checks bouncing, the gas checks bouncing, like checks are bouncing because this guy is pulling out money and withdrawing as fast as I can deposit it. Um, uh, He's going around wiping out our storage unit. We had a storage unit that he took me off and I couldn't even get into it and he's selling stuff out of it to live off of. This is like how low this guy is getting. He takes me off my business PO box account because he opened it at the time because while I was starting to um, get my business going, he opened up the account for me, the PO box. So he, he had me taken off. I think I said this in another episode. So we're revisiting here. So he takes me off. I, I can't even collect anything that i'm getting through the business any any court letters any court hearings any anything about clients and bonds so i'm totally in the dark so he's really hindering my business he's really trying to stifle me from what i need to do to continue the business 
Um, he's collecting all the monthly payments that come in that I have clients that owe me money every month in AR. So he's trying to collect that. Then he rushes out and tries to open up a business account in my business, in my name. And (laughs) I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, I'm here raising our son, trying to provide stability for him, put food on the table, keep a roof over his head. This isn't just about me anymore. And it's not just about you. This is about a child. And you're sitting here taking money from him. Not only that, then he had the audacity to go and wipe out our son's savings account. We had built a savings account for our son. It was under his name. And he went to the bank and wiped it out and took all the money out of it. Besides taking business money and calling clients. Oh my God, this was the worst. Calling clients that owed money that he knew Thank God it wasn't many. It was only like a couple. And telling them, look, you know, I know you owe like $4,000. Just pay me $2,000 and we'll call it even. So then I'm calling these clients and saying, no, that's not right. But then they're like, what's going on? I mean, it was just a total humiliation and embarrassment and to have to go to my clients and my attorney clients and let them know what was going on at that point because there's no sense in hiding it. I couldn't hide it. It was just total humiliation and he was just totally trying to ruin me and throw my name in the mud, my business name in the mud, trying to make it bad. For what? Do you not think that I still have to raise a child our child, I still have to provide a roof over his head, food on the table, and you're doing this all out of vengeance because someone said no, because someone questioned you, someone was done with the games, someone was done listening to your bullshit and manipulation. So now you're going to do this at the sake of your own child? It's just disgusting. It's sick. And you all need to be warned about people like this and protect yourselves because it doesn't get any better. The children will be sacrificed and the children are actually anchor babies. They're anchor babies to you, to your emotional, mental, and financial well-being, all of it. They're just anchor babies. They are nothing to these people. So, um, yeah, that's what he did. And thank God. I know I had our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit carrying me and my son through this whole entire situation because every fire that this psycho put in front of me and tried to ruin me and tried to challenge me, I was able to put out and rectify and move on and get ready for the next challenge and the next fire because sure enough, there was another one right behind it because this guy is evil and just wouldn't stop. So, you know, thank God that the manager at uh, my business PO box, I went in, I talked to her, I told her what was going on 
And she said, I believe you. I believe you. I never liked that guy. He always comes in here thinking he's it. He's rude. He's arrogant. And she's all, you just bring me the paperwork showing that you're the business owner and I will lock out that P.O. box and transfer everything to you and I will help you. And I was like, thank you, God. Like, she literally believed me. She just said she never liked him. He was just so smug and arrogant and she never just, she hated it when he came in. Um, so after I got all of the paperwork and the corporation and everything showing that I am the business owner and it's actually my business, she was able to do that and cut everything off. And as far as the bank account goes, you know, I went to the courts, I went to my attorney, told them what was going on, I printed out statements, showed them what he was doing, and that he actually had a woman that worked at the bank who he became friendly with. Shocker, right? He became friendly with this girl, flirty, flirty, and got her to show him my new bank account and show him what was going on in there, how much money I had in there. So I had her reported. I reported her um, to the manager at Wells Fargo. And I told my um, attorney what was going on and the courts. And they said at this point, because of what he's doing, and he keeps withdrawing so much every day, like, He's, that alone was, um, he was breaking the restraining order. So they said at that point, I had all the right to shut down that bank account and open up a whole new one on my own through my business, which is what I did. So I cut him off completely. And at that point, that's when he started selling stuff out of our storage unit because we had furniture and appliances in our storage unit from our old house. And at that point, he started selling it off piece by piece. He even stored some of it at the neighbor, the Brenda, the neighbor who was on before she knew just how ugly he was. He asked her if he could store some of the things at her house, which she did which she still has one of the tables to this day because I just told her to keep it um, because he was trying to keep it all from me. He was just so greedy. He was trying to keep everything from me and selling it off piece by piece to live off of because this man could not go and get a job. Again, shocker, not like he got a job while we were married and while we had a son. Um. Anyway, so that's where that went. And the same thing, I went to the uh, the storage unit manager, told her what was going on, showed her court paperwork. Unfortunately, she had to actually have um, a certified court order to gain me access to the storage unit. She felt really bad. And it was the same thing. Like, she believed me. But she just had protocols that she had to follow, which I completely understand. Um, So I ended up being able to get that. It took a few weeks. Um, 
And unfortunately, for the most part, the storage unit was wiped out. Um, But I was okay with that because the main things that I wanted out of that storage unit, I didn't care about anything else. He could have it. Like, that's the thing is this could have been civil. I don't care. We can split things. There was no need to be so nasty and so vile and so greedy. But this is just the nature of this person. Um, But I was totally okay with it because the main things that I wanted out of that storage unit were there. And I was like, thank you, Lord. And what it was, was all of my Christmas stuff, all of my Christmas um, decorations and all of the ornaments that I had saved and taken care of throughout the years that meant something to me. That's all I wanted. And I prayed like, I don't care about anything else in that unit. Just please let those things be there. And they were. So I was happy. Um, I was actually ecstatic because that's all I wanted. And I got it. And then again, another mess I had to clean up because then I had to clean up everything else that was left there um, and have some people come and haul it away so that I could close it down and shut it up because, you know, I was paying for that too. You know, he wasn't paying for it. I paid for everything. Um, But, you know, I'm grateful that the things that I really wanted were there. And... Oh, here's another thing. You guys are going to love this. Gets even better. So during this time too, I find out that he shoots out a multiple email to multiple women saying, hey, my soon-to-be ex-wife Carla is going around slandering your name in the community saying that you and I are having an affair and this could ruin your reputation and your business. And if I were you, I would call her or text her and give her a piece of your mind. Here's her cell number. And he literally shot this out to a few females with my cell phone number. And One of them actually called, who just happened to be our son's swim coach. She was our son's swim coach for like a year. Wow. And evidently, it was true. They were screwing around. And then another one of his affairs was like, well, that's not a lie, so why am I going to text her when this is the truth? <laughs> He's just so sick. But he did that and set me up and thought all these women were going to call me and attack me. One of them did, but she didn't even necessarily attack me. She just was like, that's not true, and this isn't happening, and blah, blah, blah. And I just said, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, this is absurd. This is craziness. And then it got to the point to where obviously her husband was concerned because she was married. So this is our son's swim coach. She was married. So then her son's like, well, what's going on here? Like, why would this guy throw out this message like this? There's something not right here. So then she gets mad at him. 
She calls me again and says, my husband doesn't believe and he thinks I was screwing around with your husband and he wanted me to call you and here you go. You need to talk to him. And I'm like, what? So she puts him on the phone and he doesn't even know what to say. He's like, uh, yeah, hi, I'm, I'm her husband and I don't know what's going on here. And I don't know why your husband gave her this text message and what's really going on. And I'm like, I don't know what's really going on. Like, I have no clue. I'm, I'm just as shocked as you are. I wasn't anticipating any of this. Um, and then in between him and I talking, they're arguing. So he's livid. He's just like, he doesn't believe her, which leads me to believe, I, you know, it must be true. She's done this before. So, um, after that, I'm just like, you know what you guys, like you guys got to handle it. Leave me alone. Leave me out of this. Lose my number. And, um, it's just the circus that these people cause the circus, the chaos. It's crazy and they cause it all. And they're the, they're the culprit and the mastermind orchestrating the whole thing from behind the scenes. And we're all their puppets and they love it. And they just get a thrill out of it, a high, a thrive. It's just disgusting. And I just want it off. I said, no, just leave me alone. Get me out of this. Um, you know, you guys need to handle it on your own. It's so funny because a year after that, this a year after all this happened, this woman literally had the audacity to call me because her husband had gotten arrested um, for domestic violence against her. Um, later on, I did find out that she was a big speed freak, and so was her husband, and that's probably why my ex-husband was involved with her because I found out he was big into drugs too, which I didn't know, speed and cocaine. Um, which all makes sense along with the steroids and along with already being mentally ill, being a sociopathic narcissist, all that doesn't mix well. All that is makes you even more crazy and to the point where you can't hide your craziness. So um, at that point, I just put it all together. But yeah, uh, my first reaction when this woman called me a year later about bail for her husband was just like, are you kidding me? But then I thought, you know what? It probably took her a lot to reach out to me after everything. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to talk to her. I'm going to walk her through this. I'm going to explain it all to her and help her the best that I can. And I did. Um. But yeah, so that, he did that too. He laid that one on me. And this was all building up before he eventually got arrested, which you already know. Eventually the case was put together. They put a warrant out for him. They set bail on a million dollars and he got arrested. And he ended up getting arrested in mid-July. Um, this is 2015, I think. Yeah, 2015. And um, he ended up being in custody in county for six months. 
And um, from what I've heard from other bail agents in the community that know me, he was calling around and crying and trying to get them to bail him out. And they were just like, no. They're like, no, we know Carla and we know you don't have any money. It's Carla's the one, the money. So, nope, sorry. Um, and um, then he... He had his little clan because, you know, like I've said before, these narcissists have their little clan of people who they manipulate so well that feel sorry for him. They're like their little followers. It's it's kind of like, I can't think of his name. He was like a pastor. He got all these people to drink the Kool-Aid and they died. And he was such a manipulator, even like Manson. They're such manipulators and narcissists. And they get those weak-minded people that just get obsessed with them and want to follow them. And just, it's their little clan. It's so bizarre. But this is what he did. So he got his little clan to kind of help him and hire an attorney. I guess they sold off some of his stuff from the uh, storage unit to get an attorney and try to get his bell reduced, which didn't happen. Um, And that's another thing. I have testimony for that um, because... The morning that I knew he was going to court to try to get the bell reduced. And me being in the industry that I'm in for domestic violence, I knew his bail should have only been 50000 and not a million. So that morning, I was just on my hands and knees praying to the Lord and just praying and crying because I just knew it was going to get reduced. I knew it was going to go from a million to 50000 I just knew it. I mean, this is my business. This is my industry. This is my forte. I just know. And I was just praying. And I kid you not, I swear, like, I felt it in my chest. Just something came over me and something told me it's not going to get reduced. And then this peace came over me. And I just kind of let the chips lie and waited. And about an hour or so later, uh, the district attorney, she called me. She was amazing, by the way. She is a bulldog. And she called him right out like that. This guy's a total narcissist. But she called me and she said, you know what? The judge is not going to reduce his bail. He's keeping it at a million dollars. And I was just in tears I was sobbing and I knew that was the Lord. I knew it. I knew he answered my prayer. I knew that was all him. Um, because there's just no way. His bell should have only been 50000 But, you know, there were also some things that I didn't know about him that the DA knew that um, the investigators knew that they brought to the judge's attention because they did a lot of background search on this guy. Um, you know, even down to what he did in New York, where he spent four years in Rakers Island, where he tried to kidnap some guy and hold him for ransom, um, telling them that they kidnapped his daughter. It was just insanity, uh, which I have court records for that as well, because they gave it to me. So I know exactly what he did. Um, and it's insane. Ugh, talk about not knowing who you're married to, but 
you know, through this, at this point, I thank the Lord that he protected my son and I. He carried us through this whole tragedy because it is, there's no winners in this, like I've said before. Um, but I'm so grateful to the courts too and everyone involved that helped me through this whole thing and they kept his bill at a million dollars and, you know, of course I got some lash back. I got some, his little tribe, his little haters, uh, you know, that text me telling me what a cold hearted bitch I am and that, uh, his cheating and his philandering and his abuse was warranted because I was an unloving, cold-hearted bitch. Um, so what did I expect? And that now at this point, I made my bed so I need to lie in it. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I said, you know what? You're just as bad. You condoned his entire behavior. You helped him do the whole thing. And you have no idea what goes on behind closed doors. You know, it was just sick. It was sick for this particular person to do this to me because I was so kind to them and their children. I even took their children shopping, bought them clothes. You know, I genuinely liked these people and cared for them and considered them friends. But they weren't. They were just ugly. The whole thing was just nasty. And the way they treated me was nasty. Um, Even one of the neighbors, girls that he was messing around with was nasty. I remember I ran into her at Toys R Us during this whole thing. I had my son and she was there with her kids. And she's this ghetto that she went off at on me in Toys R Us in front of her kids and told me to go get choked out some more. And I was just like, wow, can you get any more ghetto? And then I just told her in the parking lot, like, you have no idea what's really going on and what I've gone through. You know, eventually she listened and she felt bad. Um, but you know what? The way I look at it now is that these people, they were so manipulated by him and so clouded and so snowballed, like they had no idea. You know, he badmouthed me so bad that these people thought I was just horrible. They really didn't bother to find out on their own the truth. Like they just believed everything he said. So I just consider them victims as, as well. They were victims to his manipulation and his lies. And, you know, I feel bad for them. They got caught up in it, too. And they were just his little puppets. Um, but I'm rambling on and I'm going longer on this episode than I intended to. And I apologize for that. So we'll end here. And, you know, we're getting closer to the end. So I will uh, pick up with how the case went and what happened and the deportation and where my son and I are at now and the peace that we have now and just the gratitude and we're very blessed and we're in such a good place now like it's amazing it's been amazing the last 
four and a half years to just have my life back and get reacquainted with myself and raising my son and just knowing how strong I really am and strong in the Lord and just getting back to the Lord and back to my roots. And it's just been such an amazing experience. So much growth. I'm still growing. Um, and I'm just very humbled by the entire experience. And I just want to help everyone with my knowledge and my experience and what I've gone through. And I have so much truth to tell, so much story to tell, and just so much experience. Um, I just want to thank you all for listening again. I hope you're staying safe and healthy. Um, and just, uh, I will talk with you guys. I won't wait as long this time. I promise. I know it's been tough because of this quarantine, but just hang in there. We're going through this all together and it will get better and we will get through this. And um, thanks for listening and you all have a good night. Take care.